All right, everyone. So I'm just going to get right to it because um, seems like there's a lot of confusion um, as to what I was talking about last week with what I did with my GSE holdings. And um, I want to clear as much of it up as possible um, as soon as possible. So anyone considering doing anything... Um, can do what they want to do. So it says, hi, Todd, regarding your point number four, some of these are on the, some of these questions are on the blog, actually, uh, comment section, but I'm just going to answer them all anyway, because I just want to address everything that comes out. Um, the price of common draft certificate pre-capital raised, should the value of the warrants drop significantly too? How can Treasury maximize this profit from warrants? Could you please reply to me here and also leverage with your podcast today? Thank you. Sure. The Treasury can convert its warrants anytime it wants. Um, it does not have to convert them pre-capital raise. It can convert them post-capital raise. Um, it can convert them a year from now. It can do whatever it wants with them. So the timing of um, a recap and release and things like that is irrelevant to Treasury and what they want to do with their warrants. They could name a price for the warrants and sell the warrants, just like um, you know in the GSC and things like and um, AIG and, and the bank bank statements. So. Uh, the bank uh, warrants. So there's Treasury has huge flexibility with these warrants. So there's nothing to say that if the price drops significantly pre-capital raise, Treasury is then forced to convert the warrants into common shares and they don't maximize, quote unquote, their value of the warrants. They could convert and just sell the stock off gradually three or four or five or six years from now. They can do whatever they want with them. Um, what about all the taxes you pay on Fannie Mae? Let's see, California, it's a lot. Um, again, depending on when you bought in, where you own the, the, the common net, yes, you'll have to pay taxes when you sell it. My opinion is that I'm going to get 10% more shares, right, than the Fannie Mae AS based on the spread between the two last week anyway. I'm not sure what it is this morning. Um, and that, that extra 10% shares is going to give me more value on the back end eventually at some point. So that's why I'm doing that. Um, can dividends be paid when the company is undercapitalized? Um, no, they wouldn't declare them. But I'm thinking you're talking about the 6% number I gave in the, on, the, on the blog post. And that's, that would be a punitive penalty uh, to the government, simple interest, 6%, whether it's compounded or... Um, just simple interest people, there's debate about, but even if it's just simple, 6% for nine years, that's the additional value that they would get. It has, it's not a dividend. It's not a payment. It's a, it's a penalty uh, for losing the case and denying the preferred shareholders or contractual obligations under the contract. Um, see below for the exact question I asked you last week's podcast. You answered my question differently total today than last week. Why so many? I'm very confused by your answer. Is there, is there a way Treasury can maximize the warrants returns separate from legacy common shareholder? My main thesis that has been common holders are aligned with Treasury and Trump won't screw legacy common holders via preferred to common conversion, whatever. Um, so I, I, I disagree what I've do, that I've done a 180. Okay, as I said before, I guess, I guess we're... I guess people are looking at this as one event where it's really two, right? 
And this assumes, right, this, all this assumption assumes that what we're hearing is true, that there is going to be a recap and release, okay? So we're operating under that assumption. We don't know that's going to be true. We don't know what form it's going to take, but we're operating under that assumption, okay? And as I said to the previous question, that post-recap, okay, after the two entities are recapitalized, after the recapitalization plan and timing is laid out, then... In theory, legacy common holders, treasury warrants, and current preferred shareholders, again, assuming they're converted, okay, we're making that assumption. I don't know why they wouldn't be, but again, we're making that assumption. All three of those would share equally in the upside post-release of the GSEs. They would all share equally because assuming legacy shareholders are left whole, assuming the preferred is converted, and assuming treasury converts its warrants into common shares, then in theory, post-release, all three of those would be common shareholders at the same price and all share in the same upside. The difference in what made me decide to do the trade I did was what may happen pre-conversion, uh, pre-release. Okay, What price is money raised at issuing more common shares, when and at what price are the preferred shareholders converted, and when and at what price does Treasury exercise its warrants or decide to sell warrant, the warrants in the public market at a certain price to participate in upside the common shareholders? Who knows? But my thought process was the biggest risk I had being a common shareholder was a large price drop pre-conversion in order to raise additional outside capital. And I looked at the preferred shares as having at least, in some cases a little bit more, 100% upside from their current levels. Right? Even $50 par trading for $22, $23, that's over 100% upside if it converts to par. So, while I guess I guess maybe the, the confusion of the term screwing legacy common shareholders, um, I in my mind screwing legacy common shareholders would be wiping them out, and I've said before that I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a, a very very tiny chance, and I've said this all along because Treasury would then wipe out its warrants. So, but that doesn't mean that they cram down the common shareholders to a ridiculously low price so they can help raise the money they want to raise and then convert the preferred, then convert their warrants or exercise their warrants later on. And in that scenario, if I hold common stock at three bucks and they decide they're going to cram it down to 50 cents a share and then they're going to do their recap and release and stuff, that's what happens to my common stock. But my preferred stock is going to convert at par. I'm going to make 100%. Even if I get converted down to 50 cents a share in the common, my preferred is going to be 100% gain from here. Then I'm going to get converted, right? So I still make 100%. And then post-recap, post-release, the current common and my common that I have now of my conversion are going to trade at the same price. Now, as I said Friday, I could be wrong. And the common stock could double from here too, which is why I didn't sell all of it, which I kept a, I kept a smaller amount. But again, 
you're investing, you're playing, you know, you're playing the odds, you're playing what's the most likely scenario and how do you protect yourself in certain scenarios? You know, Bill Ackman thinks that, um, uh, Bill Ackman thinks the common is going to be worth a ton of money. And he, I don't think he owns any preferred, or if he does, it's a tiny bit of, prefer, of preferred stock. And he's very comfortable with his position. And there's people who think the other side. So um, I'm just looking at it from my scenario. What gives me my best risk reward? What gives me the most certain outcome, I think? And that's how I'm looking at that. Uh, Calabria said, if we do not for commerce, yeah, again, I'm not saying that commerce shareholders are wiped out. I don't think I've ever said that. I've always said there is a risk of that. But I've always said I thought the risk was rather small. And that is why, I mean, if I thought that there was a 70% chance commerce shareholders are going to be wiped out, I wouldn't own a single penny of it. But I do own some of it because I do think they're going to continue to trade. And I do think that, you know, again, depending on the plan and how things come out, you know, it, it, I, it, the preferred, the common could, could skyrocket from here. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen because we haven't seen the plan. I'm just thinking, I'm just looking at my mind what I think is the most likely scenario. Uh, is there any major difference between the LMR and preferred shares? No, there's not. The, the thing is that they're so thinly traded that, you know, if you wanted to build up a good size position in one of them, um, it would be difficult. So they're all $50 par. They're basically the same. There's some slight difference in the interest rates. Um, but I don't think that that's going to be, you know, a material difference in, in any of them. So, um, Calabria literally gave a shout out to the common pricing. Yeah, he did. He assured, he, he said, if we do an offering, the common will, will continue to trade. That doesn't mean it continues to trade at three, four, five, $10 a share. It could trade at 20 cents, 50 cents, $1.25 a share. We don't know the answer to that because we don't know how things are being structured. And again, I'll say it again. In my mind, by owning the preferreds at these levels, I'm going to get 100% before I convert. So that's the equivalent to me of the common going from three to six. And then the recap. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know where it's going to happen. I mean, who knows? Here's the thing. There's a difference between value and price. So... While it may eventually at some point recap and they may quash the price down, that doesn't mean it might not trade to four or five or six dollars or eight dollars a share, ten dollars a share before then. It's traded up to five, six bucks a share on news before. So there's no reason that may or may not happen. I'm looking down the road at the conversion. And I'll be honest, if it if it doubled from here, I probably would sell what remaining common I have and thank the profit and be very happy. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to do. I don't know what the price of anything's going to be. I, I, I'm looking at value of things, not the exact price of what's going to be. I can't, no one can predict the price and who's going to decide what with the plan when it comes out. It may come out. They may reassure that the common's going to not be liquidated. And then it just, people go hog wild buying into it, right? The price goes up real quick. Then they read the plan. They start to digest it. You know, people start coming out with their commentaries on it. People, oh my God, this is going to be worth this. And they start selling. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just looking at it from my point of view. What gives me the most certainty in the investment? Um, isn't Treasury's argument in core that even if the numbers... That, answers, that was answers another question. Thanks for clarification. Is the only difference... 
2U between the preferred LMNN, FABS is the percentage of par speaker traded at. I mean, what is that? I mean, what I mean is that the only reason for switching over to get more of the potential upside, do they have a conversion to common element to that's different than Fannie Mae? Yes. No, no, they don't. So again, assuming that <coughs> everything converts to par, okay, then the only material difference between those um, um, series are the fact that the $50 preferreds are trading, again, roughly 10, between 8 and 12% discount to the $25 preferred. So by doing a simple conversion, if you convert the same money, right, I mean convert, if you sell the, the S and buy the other ones and you buy the same dollar amount, you're getting 10% more. So in theory, if we convert at par, you'll get 10% more common shares. So that's really the only difference um, in any of those. And, and that's why I did the trade, just to capture that spread right now. Um, and I think that none of them are convertible preferreds, right? They're all just preferred stock that the, that the company had the right to redeem for $50 par value. Um, you know, the conversion is going to be sort of an agreement between everyone involved. So, all right. So those are the questions that were on the blog. And I know um, other people sent in questions. And I think I've already answered most of them. Um, but um, I want to make sure I get them in case there's some nuances in the, um, in the questions. Hold on one second. Oh, I just did it again. Give me one second. There it is. Nope, that's not it. Um, hold on. Uh, Gmail can be so frustrating sometimes. All right, hold on. Okay, can you please comment on the effects of current market volatility due to trade war and possibly statistical trade war in the Fannie Mae con preferreds or how will you play that? I don't, I, I don't think that um, the GSE shares are going to trade on things like that. I mean, if someone has a margin call and has to sell some stuff, they may sell that, but this is such a special situation that's so insulated from um, the trade war. I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're insuring U.S. mortgages. They're not insuring mortgages in China that I don't, I don't see, you know, them trading. Even last week, a lot of the preferred shares just trade up. And even I think the GSE, uh, the Fannie Mae common ended up for the week last week and the market was down and the markets were down for the last, what, month and a half now. And, uh, the common preferred have risen. So I don't, they're going to trade, based on the news and the rumors coming out about recapitalization, I don't think they're going to trade based on um, uh, China news or things like that. Unless, of course, the market, you know, if the market drops 10% in a month and people are getting margins calls, they may have to sell things to liquidate it. People just may sell everything out of panic. But, you know, it, you know, this is really, it's really, you're not going to buy options, put options on those. You're not going to sell covered calls on those. So there's really not much you can do. 
Um, if the existing common shareholders get squashed through the capital raise, can the government exercise the warrants of the new shares, or do they, squash, do they get squashed as well? The government can exercise the warrants, based on my reading of it, the government can exercise their warrants at any time at a nominal price. I, I read, read back through it all morning today, too. There's no, and that's part of, I think, that's part of the negotiations with FHA. What is the nominal price they can exercise their warrants at? Um, and they can do that at any time they want. Uh, my other questions regarding this question was answered already. There's no major difference between the, the, any of them. Um, this pre-capital, right. So basically, the comic trade a very low, low, low pre-capital rate stuff with the raise. Why new money want old money to own as little of the entity as possible? First of all, does pre-capital raise mean the period between period before beginning of 2020 according to Mark Calabria? I think it means when the plan comes out, right? I mean, they're going to, it's June and we're supposed to hear at some point in June. I'm hoping it's this week, not, you know, June 30th. Um, but the plan is going to be, and I think a lot of people are going to start deriving prices and values of the securities based on if it's one plan or two plan, they're going to come up with different scenarios. You know what, under plan A, this is what's going to happen. Plan B, this is what's going to happen. And then what are the odds plan A is picked over plan B and vice versa. So I think the pricing of the common stock and the value of the preferreds is a large, is almost 100% dependent on whatever type of plan they present and what their, their main idea is on how they're going to pull this off. Um, do you assume that the new common old common is a different share price? If the price of the new common is much higher than the old common, then ownership of old common to be squeezed at the airport? No, because I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't see that happening because if that was a scenario, then everyone would just swap old for new and common shares. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how they're going to roll this out. I don't know how they're going to structure it. And they may come up with a whole new class of preferred stock or convertible preferreds like Buffett's been doing. I, again, there's, there's, there's a, this is, so I guess the thing is, this is unprecedented what's happening here, right? This is both an IPO and a capital raise at the same time. So this is based on what I can find. I've never found anything like this happening before ever. So saying, you know, Based on this example, exact that example, this is how this should go. I think is it, it is it's all guesswork. So I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can in my thought process, rather than trying to predict the price of the common stock, uh, where it's going to trade after how long, what's going to happen. I'm just looking at the scenario. The common stock can do. I mean, it's going to be crazy, right? I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be an orderly. Once the plans rolled out, the common stock's going to trade in orderly fashion. There's going to be wild swings in it. And the wild swings, again, are going to be based on perceived value in the marketplace post the plan. And, and, and let's be honest, they may come out with a plan in June, and by August, the plan is modified two or three times, right? Just because they say this is what we want to do in June doesn't mean that that's what's actually going to happen. Congress is going to step in, and everyone's going to have their two cents, and Treasury and FHA still have to agree, and then there's lawsuits to settle. There's a lot that's going to happen. So the value of the common stock, I think it could be freaking crazy 
between now and happen. So maybe it does double or triple from here and you could sell it and make a huge profit and walk away happy. Maybe it collapses. I don't know. I do think it's going to continue to trade. There's no reason to expect it not to continue to trade. But again, that continuing to trade doesn't mean continuing to trade at a value. And for my own personal preference and my own ability to sleep at night, I was weighted very heavy to the common. And I think that no matter what happens with the common, I'm still going to get my shares of preferred converted at par, which means I'm going to get double from where I am. And I do still hold some common. And if the common trades crazy and who knows, skyrockets to 10, 12 bucks, then I'll be happy to sell that. And if it collapses back again, maybe buy it back. I don't know what's going to happen. And I can't predict what's going to happen because I don't, don't know what the plan coming out is. But that's just the way I'm looking at it right now. Um, there was one more question. And... I can't find it, and it's really frustrating because hang on for a couple minutes, please. There we go. I got it. Okay. Longtime sub, one who has seven-figure investment in the GSC current preferred. More details required to understand the rationale. In addition to my seven-figure colleagues of seven-figure, one of my strong points was enabled to be successful investors carefully. Analytically look at all the data viewpoints. One of my large, my large compositions are solely on the basis of the U.S. government is emphatically in alignment with legacy shareholders through their 79.9% warrant. What's good for the government is good for the common. You agreed to this two weeks ago in the podcast. I agree. That is true. Based on Friday's podcast, you have multiple scenarios the government warrants are not in alignment with shareholders. You did not mention the negative impacts of the government warrant position. To me, your scenario where permanent negative to old C will negatively impact government warrants. So again, this goes to the question of that could the the, the common price could rise if this week a positive news. It, right, it could, which blows us out of the water. Anyway, I believe much work is needed to help understand the thesis basically to clarify it based on a really deep dive. So Again, this is this goes to my position that the government can convert those warrants anytime it wants. And yes, post-release, I think all shareholders will be in alignment. The government will be in alignment with, with current common shareholders. Current common shareholders will clearly be in alignment with current common shareholders. And current preferred shareholders will be in alignment with current common shareholders because they, I'm, I'm under the assumption, I'm operating under the assumption they're going to be converted into common stock. So post-release... All three entities are absolutely in um, in alignment with current common shareholders. I don't know what's going to happen before that. Remember, the, the government doesn't have to do anything with the warrants. They could convert them three years from now if they want to. They could convert them immediately if they want to and then share in the upside. The government is going to get these warrants at probably a penny, right? They're going to... They're gonna get. They're gonna pay almost nothing for these warrants to own the stock. So it really doesn't matter to the government when they convert them. It just doesn't matter. And I think most people are figuring the current common price of the common stock on that dilution. So I don't think that the government decided to convert today or tomorrow is going to really affect the sales price because everyone already assumes the government owns 
and that current common shareholders only own 20%, okay? But that doesn't mean in order to raise money that the current common shareholders get squashed down a little bit. It, it doesn't mean that. And yes, in this scenario, is absolutely right. The common could rise to five or six on positive news. And I've just said that in previous scenarios. I think the common could, if they come out next week and say the common's going to trade and we're going to raise this money, the common, the common could go to eight or nine bucks. There's, there's absolute scenarios where that can happen. And I think the opposite's almost true too. That the common could be squashed. Right? At the end of the day, Treasury owns 80% of the end entity. So whether they convert at $0.50 cents a share or $8 a share a year from now, they're converting to 80, 80% ownership of the company. Even post-recap and release. So it doesn't matter at what price they convert at. And this is, this is the way I read it. What matters is that the comma is not wiped up. So they, they still maintain that position. So all this money is going to be raised, understanding that whatever how much is raised, Treasury's going to, you're still only raising for 20% because Treasury's still going to own 80%. Now, maybe Treasury sells some of that off at a certain price to sell these warrants off, uh, warrants off at a certain price to help with the cap raise. I, again, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is going to be. But I do think the common stock is going to be in for a really wild ride, and that's fine. And if you want to trade that and play that, that's fine too. Just for me, the most certain outlook that I see is my preferred shares doubling. And again, I do have a small composition, so if it does trade crazy, that's great. That's that sprinkles on my ice cream. So I think a lot of people took what I said the wrong way, and I guess that's my fault for not explaining it as well as I should have, um, or perhaps I wasn't very clear um, with how I was explaining it, and I apologize for that, but I think some people also interpreted some of my statements, just didn't interpret it the right way, okay? I do think, in, my position on the GSEs really hasn't changed at all. I do, I've always said the common's going to continue trading, and I agree with that. I've always said that the perverse is going to be converted, converted at par, and I still believe that. And I've always said that Treasury is aligned with shareholders, and I agree with that too. Nothing's changed with those three assumptions, Okay. The only thing that's changed with the assumptions is how I'm viewing it and how I'm saying, okay, well, I'd rather have, in my mind, a guaranteed 100% in the commons or as close to a guarantee as one could get, right? I mean, I guess there's no, again, because this is an unknown situation, uncharted waters, there is no guarantee, but I think that's as close to a guarantee as I can get is 100% on my preferred. And I don't know what the commons going to do. And I could be completely wrong and the common could triple from here. Okay, so I take my 100% gain and lick my wounds and whatever, but I'm still making 100%. The comma could collapse, in which case I'm thrilled my 100%. They could all just stay the same, and I still got my 100% in the preferred. And again, for the, I think the 10th time, that I do have some common. So I can, if there's that volatility and that wild ride, I can capitalize on that too. So, you know, in, in reading what I thought some of the plans were and in researching the the preferred shares and finding that um, that difference that um, that spread, I'm like, why not take 10% more? And I'm still going to share the ride of the common after the recap. And I, if the common recaps where it is now, three bucks a share, and I convert at 100%, I get twice as many shares, and the common ends up at 15 two years later. 
I mean, everybody wins, right? Everybody wins. So um, I hope that this clarified some things. Um, I hope I didn't confuse people even more. Um, but I really, I really haven't changed my outlook on what I think is going to happen. The only thing that changed for me was going to a more certain, in my view, the more certain outcome um, and staying away from, I think it's going to be a wild volatile ride. And again, it's, you know, I, I don't know what investors said. Some of the years ago, he goes, you just, if you can't sleep on it because of investment, maybe you should re-examine the investment. And, you know, the, and I said in the post that I was gnawing on this for weeks. I was just, I was really uncomfortable with, you know, the amount of common shares I had. And someone had asked me two weeks ago on the podcast if I thought about buying more. And I'm like, yeah, I did, but I own a lot. Um, so I just feel a lot safer this way. And I'd rather be angry at myself for having my the common go up 200%, only get 100% in my preferred um, versus being angry at myself because the you know common collapses and I'm down a bunch and I could have gotten 100% of my preferred. So that's just the way I look at it. I'm not saying that if you think the common is going to be worth 14, I can't say that's wrong. I can't say if you think it's going to be worth seven next year that that's wrong. I can't because I don't know the plan that's coming out this month. I don't know what it's going to be. And honestly, the only other people in Treasury and FHFA, they're the only ones that know. And until that comes out, anything as far as I'm concerned on the common is, 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 is guesswork to a certain extent. And I think there's a lot less guesswork in the preferred. But again, that doesn't mean there's not huge value in the common. Clearly, Bill Ackman says so, and he's a smarter guy than I am. And there's a bunch of people that own the common. There's a bunch. I mean, look what it trades. It's trading up and there's huge volume every day. So people are buying the common. It's not like, you know, people are selling it in, in groups. So that so clearly there's a lot of people out there that think the common has a lot of value. So and, and I can't disagree with the fact that it does have value because I'm looking forward to my conversion of it. It's just what happens between now and then. And, you know, that's kind of where I am. I feel like I'm starting to get a little repetitive, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off on this now and I hope to God that I clarified some things. And again, if, if I didn't, then please send me some more email questions. And if you guys want to do this again, we'll do this again. And I'll keep talking about it until, um, until we, we clarify with everyone. So uh, have a great day and I'll get this posted right away.